there's just no better way to start a, a weekend than watching your uh, your team have their worst offensive performance of the the past few years. Yeah, that was rough. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown Utes your first listen every single day. We're available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcast. My name is JT Wistersville, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And if this is your first time tuning into our show, make sure you guys like and subscribe. We'd love to interact with you guys in the comments as well as on various social media platforms. You can follow my Twitter handle at JT Wistersville, our show handle at Locked On Utes. On today's show, Oh, I don't want to, but we got to talk about Utah and that uh, just really just just disappointing outing against Oregon State. Uh, 21-7 was the loss. This was a 21 to nothing game. Uh, I thought the we'll talk about the defense. Let me, let's start with the offense. I mean, it was, as I said in the open, it's about as bad. I think it was Josh Newman who I saw tweeted. Uh, Utah's worst offensive performance since he brought up the 2020 USC, but you know, COVID season, we kind of forget that, but he brought up the 2019 Alamo bowl. And I think this is as disappointing of a loss since the Alamo bowl and what we saw to that 2019 Utah team. Uh, it's just so rough to watch your team go out and perform like that offensively. So many issues, but I will say this time last week, I, I defended Nate a little bit in the quarterback area. I, I think it does start with Nate in some ways in this one, I, I you know, it, it's tough to win on the road in college football. We talked about that and, uh, and you saw it tonight. I think Nate still could have a bright future with this Utah football team. I would like to see him be involved still this season for his ability to run, but he, and we'll see. Um, um fortunately we have did not get uh, Bryson Barnes could be out for, for the season or even seriously. Kyle Whittingham gave the, the quote that he was very concerned about his health. So uh, prayers up to Bryson, uh, Logan Fano, you just hate to see that. You hate to see all these guys get hurt. Charlie Vincent also went down. So just it's been a season of injuries for Utah. But those three tonight, uh, Bryson, Logan, and uh, Vincent, just wanted to uh, give shout out prayers to them. Hope everything is uh, everything goes okay because that's just you just always hate to see that. Um, but getting back to Nate, just a really bummer. I think is the best way to say it. Um, I, I really you see Nate the leadership. He already tweeted something out about like we'll, we'll be better going forward like that. Um, it's just it's hard to see this offense having success in 2023 with Nate Johnson uh, operating it. I think this is just one where you saw there were chances to make throws tonight, and and he just missed them. And and guys have off nights, but t- tonight was rough. And I think that's why that I even said in my quick post game video I did this Utah team's only hope to make it back to the Pac-12 championship game and uh, and do the things they set out to do just in general is is with cam rising under center sure utah can beat cal probably at home uh they'll beat arizona state at home outside of that even like i mean even Colorado. i mean if utah looks this way offensively tonight i know Colorado's not great but like i mean if they can put up points and we just saw utah um offense struggling the way they do so i know i know some of you will be ready to jump on that like oh colorado especially by the time some of you listen to this colorado might just gotten their doors blown off by uh by USC, but how can I not be that discouraged by what I saw tonight? As I said, just uh, numerous misses by Nate, but he he wasn't the only issue. I think the quarterback play 
is the biggest reason this Utah offense is struggling because whether it's just uh, inaccurate throws, uh, missed reads at times too, that that's the biggest thing right now. But I still, I, I why didn't it, the reason? I'll back it up. The reason I was so excited to see Nate Johnson coming into this season was his dual threat capabilities. When you look at his, I was three or four rushing touchdowns last year. His his one passing touchdown was a well designed play. More, it was an easy throw to a wide open Logan Kendall. Um, but you just saw the legs and his ability to move that way, and you're like, man, this is a high recruit. That if you get him in the potential and craft the right offense around him, I think he can do some special things. And once again, Nate missed a lot of throws tonight. I don't understand why Nate didn't get a designed quarterback run until the third quarter. I I will say, maybe I do understand. I just completely disagree. It's probably because he fumbled last week and has had a fumbling issue. But that just, once again, like the risk of Nate fumbling, like not running him because of that is playing scared. It's playing not to lose where it's like, well, we our good play for us is Nate running, but he, he might fumble the ball. So therefore we shouldn't do it. It's just like, but if it's your best play and Utah, uh, Bryson got hurt and he comes in, he ran, he runs for nine yards or whatever it is. It's just, I, I don't know why, especially when you knew you were going to be facing loaded boxes. I, I, I understand your concern about Nate fumbling a little bit, but once again, that's playing not to lose this Utah offense at their best with Nate under center was always going to be running the ball this season. And they just refused to do that. They tried to make Nate something he's not. And that's also where I think they set him up to fail. Um, they like Andy Ludwig early had a nice design play where they faked the quarterback run and he threw it to money parks, gained like eight yards. They, they weren't able to get Nate on the move a lot, throwing the ball. They made, they turned him into a traditional drop back passer. And that has not been his game. We we've seen evidence of that at the collegiate level, that that's not where he operates best. So I, I didn't think Nate played well at all. I thought it was the right decision to put Bryson in the game. And it was great to see him provide a little bit of a spark to this Utah team. And then, uh, just, there's a reason I said the abysmal offense, not just quarterback play, right? Because, uh, Utah gets in the red zone, uh, good blitz by Oregon state, but still one Utah fails to pick up. They get sacked. Then you get Bryson Barnes who, uh, or not Bryson Barnes, excuse me, Jaron Kump snap right right at his legs. So then there's another one. And then after that, I think Bryson, oh, and then Bryson throws the interception. So, I mean, just like a compound of issues when you're talking about mistakes, um, missed assignments, blocking up front, um, Utah still struggling. I don't care how loaded the box is. Even when you get a loaded block box, it should still be, uh, you can still get three to five yards, especially when you're zone blocking, getting that push. And, and Utah just, just can't do that because they're not handling their business up front. Uh, it was good to see Spencer Fano get back into the game, but he, even left left tackle is still a problem for this team at times. He, up and down the offensive line, they they have issues at times. Um, they're just not as strong yet this year as they, as they were even last year at this point, I'll say. I think they're really missing Braden Daniels at the moment. Uh, I think Andy Ludwig still trying to figure out what to do from a play-calling standpoint. Obviously, credit to Bryson for being ready to come back in and, and having some success with Utah. Um, I mean, this, like I said, this offense doesn't know what it is. I th- wasn't it just this week that Kyle Whittingham said to us that, uh, Landon King will be a bigger asset to us once he starts, uh, he, he starts gaining weight and, uh, and do, and then he's like, and he's one of the best pass catchers that they already have. So he's out there and making plays when coach Witt said like, oh, he's not going to be whatever he said, not that much of a factor either way. He just was kind of saying like, oh, we'll see how much we see at Landon when he's out there making plays. And, uh, and speaking of miscues uh, from everything we've heard, I think it was Newman and Furlong both tweeted this because they were live at the game. It, it sounds like the Landon King would have had a touchdown pass off of uh, Nate when there was a false start. I think it was on Mokofisi, uh false started, and it would have been an easy touchdown pass to Landon King because there was just, I think Utah had the numbers or it was a coverage bust by Oregon State. Either way, like just plays and just issues like that compounded, false starts, penalties, uh, drops. Even like as much as I was criticizing Nate, he threw one right that hit Emory Simmons right in the hands and stride, and Emory drops it. 
So that's where it's just this this really is an abysmal offensive performance. Utah needs Cam rising back. The the right quarterback would fix things. And I think there was a number of times tonight if Cam was in there rather than the other two, this Utah offense would have had success. But Cam coming back is not going to fix the blocking and the and the missed assignments up front in the run game. And in, when it comes to pass protection, he's not going to fix receivers dropping passes, which happened several times tonight. And I know Andy Ludwig feels better with him at the helm, but even some of the play calling, as I said, I just I don't understand why Nate didn't get to run it design runs more tonight why would you take away your quarterback's biggest strength oh we might fumble once again you, you you just can't play not to lose in college football especially on the road with a team that is coming into the game like we already suffered our one loss we cannot suffer back-to-back losses our season's over so credit oregon state i thought um dj you played a good game i thought the oregon state defense balled out too. at credit them for executing assignments making some of those tough tackles in space and uh and they got it done. So a lot of questions that you, t- a lot of hard questions and a lot of the hard things, that decisions and just things that Utah has to evaluate offensively. Um, I think the one thing I'll say is I was encouraged to see Thomas Yasmin get more involved and make things happen because you can just see when you get the ball in his hands, good things happen. And I'll say again, I think that does fall somewhat back on Andy Ludwig to design stuff, to get Thomas Yasmin the ball, to get some of these Utah playmakers the ability to uh, just have the opportunity to do it in space. Once again, no no jet sweeps again this week. I, I, I know they weren't fantastic against Weber State, led to a couple of negative plays, but I, I just think it's something different to keep the defense on its heels. I mean, you did something different. You brought Sione Vaki out there to run a Wildcat quarterback at one point, so why not get some get some sweeps going and see what happens? And especially when you have these runs that go second and lose two yards anyways, why not just try different things? So just a really frustrating and disappointing loss um, and just a really frustrating, disappointing uh, offensive performance for Utah. They got a lot of things to figure out right now. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the offense a lot. I mean, this is what the bye weeks for evaluating the team through this point, looking at things. That is what's going to be the the focus of locked on Utes this coming week is looking at the offense. And uh, coach Witt even said that they're, that he know that cam wants to get out there. He wants to play bad and they're just waiting on the clearance. Now they have two weeks to get clearance. Well, we'll see what's going to happen with that. So um, yeah, just bad offensive performance for Utah. No other way around it. Uh, let's talk about the defense in one moment, but first I want to talk to you guys about our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. You can snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options that include the spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Today's episode of Locked On Utes is also brought to you by LinkedIn Talent Solutions. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You guys can head over and add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring and let all those qualified candidates out there who are ready to get to work as soon as you make the job post know that you are hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience to quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's one of the many reasons that small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All righty. Of course, there are two sides of the ball. Let's talk about the Utah defense a little bit. And when you're talking about this Utah defense, I I, I just don't put the loss on them. I thought they played well overall. Um, looking back to, I think Oregon State did score on the, the first drive they had of the game. 
Uh, credit to them, right? I think DJ, you made a couple throws that drive uh, the physical rushing attack. We knew this would be a back and forth battle. The Utah defensive line, I think, is the best in the Pac-12, if not one of the best in the Pac-12. Um, and the Oregon State offensive line is arguably the best, if not one of the best, in the Pac-12 too. And you saw that play out tonight. You saw Utah get pressure. Jonah Ellis once again, just that spin move is devastating. Uh, got home tonight. Uh, great to see Logan Fano get the sack, and we'll wait word on what uh, is happening there. I think Coach Wood does. Coach Wood never elaborates on injuries, but he always lets us know. Like if if a guy is lost for the season, he will say that. So hopes and prayers to Logan the Logan Fano that he's not done for the season. Same thing for Charlie Vincent, Bryson Barnes, who uh, once again just going back to Bryson, very impressed with just you know to be a backup have your job taken away, be a lot of fans not saying great things about him because of how he performed against Baylor and, uh, and step up and help lead this team on a successful drive nearly or just, but how comfortable he looked operating the offense once he got in. I think it gives him credit, give a lot of credit to him for his preparation and uh, give a lot of credit too to Logan Fano who had fought his way back from that ACL injury suffered last year and turned himself into what had been through the first few weeks of the seasons, one of the best pass rushers in the Pac-12, in my opinion. I think he's been that good, despite the sacks not showing up. When you just look at a play and you're like, who forced the pressure there? Uh, a lot of the time, it was Logan Fano. So it's just so tough and just breaks your heart to see him get hurt and on crutches. Um, so all we can do is hope because he was off to another great start here too. Um like I said, for the defense, I just don't put this loss on them. I thought they played well. I thought they made stops and key opportunities. They needed something out of the offense, and it never came. Uh, you know, Oregon State came out with a successful drive in the second half, too, so credit to them. But anytime you can hold a team at their place to even 21, and yeah, give credit the late score. Oregon State, great play call there. You owe, Everyone's expecting the QB sneak there. Great decision to pitch it to the outside, and, uh, and then the big run. I know the announcers were kind of talking about like, oh, it's uh, it's uh, gonna be a false start. I was kind of like, I thought I saw, I thought I saw a lot of Utah bodies uh, moving there. I hope they're correct, but I don't think they are. That sure enough, it ended up being the uh, situation where that was. It did end up being Utah a false start, so the penalty was erased, of course. So, yeah, I mean, they had three successful drives in their own building. Like that's that's what it was for Oregon State tonight. They even got the turnover. Cole Bishop had the nice interception. So glad they overturned the targeting. That would have been ridiculous. He did a good job. This is just where it's like, what do you want a defender to do? He did a good job using the side, trying to. Uh, break in on that and I know it's so easy to look at and criticize these guys when it's going in super slow-mo but I would encourage you guys uh if you like if you can't get to a college football game and watch it uh from the sideline it's something I haven't even done this season it's just hard to do but even just being in person you just see the speed a little bit as I was at the UCLA game last week just uh even go to a high school football game try to get close and just watch how fast everything happens and, and it makes it a lot clearer why like oh, okay why guys get hit with these targeting or just like you make mistakes in the heat of the moment just like the Oregon State guy did tonight uh not the one who speared Bryson that was I, I didn't like that um but the guy who I think it was Nate Johnson or it might have even no it was Bryson actually earlier I think it was when Bryson ran earlier and got took out once and then the other guy came in and flew and hit him I didn't feel like that was malicious that was just heat of the moment trying to fly in and make a play on a quarterback on a broken play who's trying to scramble so yeah it's just one of those things where the defense stepped up, uh, Miles Battle, JT Broughton, I think Zemaya Vaughn too, Teo Johnson even once, more so Broughton and Vaughn if I remember. No, Broughton and uh, Battle if I remember correctly. They did get beat a few times. Credit Oregon State there. May plays. Uh, Sione Vakis stepped up a few times. Karene Reed, Lander Barton. Like the Utah defense got beat at times. This was, uh, excuse me, I guess their worst performance of the season. But it's also hard for me to say that when I watch the game, I'm like, they played well. You held the team in their own building to 21 points, and uh, you got several stops. You allowed Utah more than enough chances 
to get back in this game offensively, but the offense just never got going. So that's where it's tough. I think Morgan Scallion's defense were still in a really good spot. Um, they got to get some guys healthy, though. I think Chase Kennedy ended up going out there tonight because of Logan Fano. I don't think we saw Van Fillinger. I don't think we saw Connor O'Toole. Um, really like the depth of the defensive tackle position. So for Utah, Keanu Tanavasa and Junior Tafuna both popped a couple times tonight. I thought I think Ellis's second sack, I think it was Ellis who got home for the second sack. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Ed Tufuno was the one who forced the pressure that uh, led to, I think it was DJ at the time. I know they brought in that other quarterback too, uh, getting dropped. Um, but even Tanavasa made some huge plays in the running game, just overpowering his man. Just so impressed with this Utah defensive line. Linebacker still flying around making stops. And Defensive back still good overall, too. I'm not going to be too mad at them for... I thought there were a number of really nice throws by DJU in this one. I didn't think it was necessarily a bad coverage, but this is what the defense was working with tonight. They were working with an offense that had 54 total yards in the first quarter, 47 in the second quarter. Then in the second half, um, Utah only had 31 yards in the third quarter. And in the fourth quarter, they only had 66 yards. And then if you're looking at some of the game totals, so less than 198 yards, Kyle Whittingham even said in his post-game press conference, you don't win games when you don't have um, two, over 200 yards of total offense. Uh, the rushing game was never there, as we talked about, passing game. Penalties, Utah 3 for 15. Third downs, 2 for 13. Are you kidding me? That's only – and Oregon State wasn't much better. They were 4 for 15, but even two more is the difference. Utah was 1 of 4 on fourth down. Um, this game was over way before it was. It was painful to watch the offense in the fourth quarter. Um, even though Yasmin made the one grab, just once again, kind of the same thing, missed throws, missed blocks, uh, drops. It just, it's, it's just plaguing this Utah offense at the moment. So yeah, still feeling good about the defense. I thought they played well overall on a, a Oregon state team. That's just going to be tough to beat at home again. They Fox sports threw up the stat uh, winners of 13 of their last 14 with that one loss being on the road at Washington state recently. And uh, they've been hot. Jonathan Smith credit to him for the place he has that program in and, yeah, Kyle Whittingham, this Utah, this staff, they have a lot of evaluating to do for how they want to get right going into a brutal second-half stretch, but they are still 4-1 and one in the bye. And if you told me Utah would be 4-1 and one going into the bye without Cam Rising, I would have taken that in heartbeat. Honestly, I probably thought Utah would have been 3-2, and two, maybe even 2-3 and three without Cam to this point. So credit the team for rallying, stepping up, but now they need to make some changes. Hopefully Cam can get back healthy because uh, they're going to need him for the second half of the season and the brutal stretch of Pac-12 games that they have. So a really tough and disappointing loss for Utah football. Uh, just really dis dismay, dismantling. I, I'm running out of words to describe it. Just like uh, Utah ran out of or just never even had answers offensively tonight. So uh, that's going to do it for today's edition of Lockdown. You, you guys enjoy your uh, Utah football weekend free uh, now that Utah already played. So uh, let me know in the comments what you guys thought of this performance. And we'll be back on Monday and all week long talking about what Utah needs to do going forward to get back on the right track.